The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, mystics. Welcome to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon. You notice I said mystics. I did. I heard that. Couldn't slip that by you guys, could I? Yeah. I'm an aspiring mystics. Aspiring mystics. Well, actually, I think we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, this is one of those topics that I've really kind of wanted to go down this road for a long time because I believe in the back of my mind and in the center of my heart that we are all who pursue a direct relationship with God, mystics, both east and west. So we thought we'd kind of approach that today from the standpoint of mysticism. Uh, for of course, those of us in the West, as a Christian phenomenon, but really it's something that is at the heart of all religions. What's, so, the, what's the root of the word mystics? I think of mystery and uh, mysticism. Uh, probably, that's probably the, the root of it. I secret, don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Google it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I think you're right, right, Tom. I mean, for those that really are seeking God versus just acknowledging God, I should right. say, you know, there comes a point on the path when it's not enough just to have the words or the understanding and so forth. You want that direct one-on-one relationship with God. And of course, that's the whole point of the teachings of Ascended Masters is to build that and expand that. And I can remember reading about the, some of the, the saints and the mystics and so forth. And how did they do it? How did they get that direct connection? And it was what, was so, what I found so interesting was how profound their joy was yes. when they experienced this and then how difficult their tests had followed. Well, and, you know, one of the misconceptions, I think, about mysticism is that mystics seem to be separate and apart from everybody else. They're, they're on a different level, maybe. And I think that's probably a misconception because we are all those, those of us who seek that personal walk with God are mystics. And it's not something mysterious. It's something that I think is very essential to our path. And it's, it's again, studying the lives of the saints, they are so on fire, in most cases with the Christian saints, so on fire with their love of Jesus that they feel that incredible desire. And they do all kinds of things, you know, to try and connect with Jesus, whether it's, you know, fasting and prayer and on their knees for hours and hours, something that will open up that communication with Jesus and with the angels. Yeah. And uh, it, it many times takes a lot of effort. To, well, to you do know, that. I kind of, you know, begs the question, what does a personal walk with God really look like? I mean, how do you live your life differently with that consciousness? Well, I think you follow the teachings of, if you're obviously a Christian, teachings of Jesus in terms of loving your neighbor. I mean, it doesn't have to get more complicated than that. Um, and practicing that, and obviously, sure, <coughs> excuse me, to work to overcome those things in your life that are blocks. Well, and I think that it was kind of a rhetorical question. What you do is you basically focus your consciousness in that awareness of 
your oneness with God, your oneness with that higher self within you, as we say in our show every week, awaken to the light within. Part of the mystical experience is being aware of that 24-7, being part of that oneness with God. Would it be correct to say that the Guru-Chila relationship then is uh, kind of a ground, uh, a platform for developing this? uh, It's the nursery for it, for sure. For the mysticism, yeah, because the Guru teaches the Chila, the student, uh, how to go about doing what you've said, Sidney, mm-hmm. uh, follow the ways of Jesus, and then the guru gets out of the way so that the, the student can excel and go on beyond. Well, it's it's a consciousness. It's a way of life. I mean, it's something that we, we do. You can't do it part-time. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I wanted to mention, too, in terms of that rhetorical question issue was that the program title today is Becoming God, the Path of the Christian Mystic. And this is really what we're talking about is becoming God. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, in the context that God is within you, yeah, as Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And so you become one with that God presence. And so then you are a part of God. It's well, like, like the drop in the ocean is part of the, the great ocean. Yeah, and I, I would say that maybe the mystic looks within. That's not too, too general a statement, whereas perhaps the spiritual aspirant, who's not aware entirely of that the relationship with God as it's burgeoning, is looking without, looking for something outside of themselves. Yeah, but in fact, yeah. the journey without distance starts prob- right here. problem solving. Well, <laughs> that too. And that's not so bad. Yeah. We all have to do that. We find but, our path. But I think what happens for the people that become mystics, it's like in the, in the Psalms, they, they pant. They, they just are so in love with God that they can't think of anything else. It take, becomes a number one priority. And I would just add here that there's a balance. You don't storm heaven by force. You don't demand God to do things because what happens when you do that you open yourself up to the psychic realm and you get lower levels of spirits. So it's with great humility and love you come before God and your practices of worship and devotion and love and you know God will respond. And we have to understand that we cannot assimilate God all at once. It is a process. It's incremental. It's incremental. Absolutely. And I, you know, I love the lives of the saints because I, I'm thinking of Padre Pio right now. And of course he had uh, his inner vision opened. He could see things and so forth. And that has its pluses, minuses, actually. But, but you know, he, would, he could see Jesus and talk to him and talk to the angels. And then this incredible weight of darkness would come upon him. And, you know, so he saw both sides. And, of course, he was what's called in the Catholic Church, you know, a, a, a victim soul, where he took the weight of the world's sins mm-hmm. on him, which in our vernacular, what he took world karma on him. So that's the test of love, you know, and they're willing to do anything for Jesus. Mother Teresa, same thing. Anything for Jesus. Anything for Jesus. Wow. And so then God obviously uses them not just to bless them in terms of their own personal experiences, but in terms of their ability to serve God. And it brings up so many things that we've spoken of before in this show. You know, the dark night of the spirit, the dark night of the soul, the fact that we are metaphorically, figuratively in some respects, maybe even literally for a few of us, crucified in the process of you know, getting through our, our, our dweller, getting past the darkness that's within us to find that light to climb. Well, every one of us goes the 14 stations of the cross. Yeah. You know, it may not happen physically in terms like they happen to Jesus, but metaphorically, as you suggest, mm-hmm. it does happen to us. Yeah. And, and, you know, God tests our love. I mean, it's one thing to say, God, I love you. Um, that's not hard to say. Um, but, you know, you know, God says, <laughs> will you still love me when I take away you right. know, like Job, you know, it's the same thing. Not that God takes away everything from our lives, but there are times when you're alone, dark night of the spirit, dark night of the soul. Do you really love God? That's the test, you know. And, and <laughs> you know, in the imitation of Christ, it says many love Jesus when 
they they sup at table with them, but when he's gone, they get very upset. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute, where'd you go, God? <laughs> yeah, hey, come this, back. This isn't part of the deal. So I, turn, I, I turn think the it's, light back on. it's an understanding yeah. of the intense love that those Christian mystics had had a requirement to it. You know, well, you know, and it brings us something else. Again, we've spoken about this before. There is that that thought in the back of your mind and the bottom of your soul that says, "Hey, is this going to hurt?" You know, if if I decide to be a mystic, if I decide to follow this path, am I going to give up everything that's that I like and is going to be terrible? Not at all. It's a path of joy. You've said this many yeah, times. Yeah, and you let go of those things you don't want anymore. Oh, and you're lightened. I mean, your load is lightened. Yeah, your your spirit. And, is and you take a whole new path in life. You you all of a sudden you've got new friends. You don't. Uh, well, maybe. You know, I mean, you don't. Well, in a sense, you really do. Like yeah. if you decide to quit smoking and drinking or whatever, you don't go to the bars anymore. But you find new friends out on the street and in church and one thing and another. So things change radically, but incrementally. You know. Well, and then after a certain point, you've got enough momentum where you can't turn back either. Yeah, that's but, right. But you don't want to turn back. You don't want this to turn the back. What no. I, the question, thing I was going to say is look at some of these saints, and a lot of them died young. I mean, St. Therese of Azur, what was she, 21 when she died? I forget. Oh, no. How was she? But anyway, a lot she of was them young. died very young. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and they go through these incredibly different periods, but none of them say, you know, I don't want this anymore. They, they're challenged by what they're facing, but their love of God is not diminished. You know, even yeah. though they may feel like Jesus felt on the cross, my, you know, my God, my God, why have forsaken me? So, and I, I'm not trying to paint a negative picture, but and what I'm not. saying, the, the, <laughs> the love of God, everything else falls away at a certain point yeah, on your path. it's overwhelming. You know, I was talking to my wife the other day, and I said, you know, where do people go today if they want to find holiness? Good question. I mean, where do you go? Where is holiness honored? Where is holiness a goal? Where is the sanctity in the presence of God something you can feel and experience? I mean, holiness is a wonderful vibration when you think about it. Oh. It, it, it is so, it, it's just so full of light and love and so forth. And, you know, you know, I don't know where you go for it today. I mean, Wait. we certainly have it in our church because of the presence of God and the ascended masters and the light. And I'm sure there are in others. But it's not something a lot of people I think are seeking. Well, and, you know, Terry broached the subject a while back, and I think part of that path is the guru chita relationship, where you find a teacher, you find a mentor, you find those who have preceded you on the path, like the ascended masters, and you emulate them. You go to the lives of the saints, you, you emulate them. You find in example the holiness that you seek by seeing others who you admire and you emulate their behavior, you, you emulate their beliefs. With their practices, and you watch, <clears throat> you watch their movies. I know my wife gets a, a publication in the mail that has all these wonderful, beautiful DVDs and and books and things about the lives of the saints, etc. So you you order these things, you watch these things at home, and you and you turn off, uh, you know, the stuff that usually comes at us via the TV. You know. Well, let's kind of look again for a moment before the segment's over, just at what it is to be a mystic. Uh, we often refer to the calling that you feel in your soul to come up higher. Mm -hmm. And it is derived in part from the fact that our soul is missing something very important, and that is that it has forgotten its oneness with God. So the mystic wants to reunite, wants to rekindle that flame of connection. It's point A to point B with nothing in between. So I think this desire to have a personal relationship with God, the personal walk with God, is really what we're talking about. And the mystic is one who desires that above all else, that at some point, you just find you cannot live without it. 
And and some people just have to break out of a certain orthodoxy in order to find that. Well, and that is the problem. I think yeah. For many of us trained as we are in certain religious perspectives or orthodoxies, right. we don't see it because we're not taught it. Right. We don't know that because I think they figure that it's somewhat uh, prideful, perhaps, to think that of yourself as being one with God. Yeah, and you have to go through somebody else in order to communicate. You know, I think what I love when I was searching in my younger years in high school and college and so forth is – you know, to find a community like we have here where this is what people want because so few people in the world, and there's a lot of wonderful people in the world, but they don't have that consuming desire yeah. to follow God, to become one <clears throat> with God, to learn more. And that's what that's why in the old days the saints were by themselves and they weren't always well received no. by their order and other people. <laughs> but in our community, what I love is that we're all seeking the same thing. And so we're not oddballs, so to speak. You know, we're professional people and we do the things we need to do in the world, but we come together and rejoice in searching for our God and experiencing that joy and that holiness. I mean, there's no other place I'd rather be because that's what my soul desires. Well, the holiness is here. We recognize that it's here because it's something that, as you said, we share that desire to be holy, to come up higher, to find a place where there's comfort and there's the goodness is mirrored. Yeah, and, and you know, the closer you get to God, the more these other things drop away that, that have held you back in the past. Uh, shackles. <laughs> well, uh, we've got to take a short break. Uh, but when we come back, we'll hear Elizabeth Clare Prophet talking about our soul's desire to become one with God. So please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks for staying with us, everyone. Today on The Open Door, we're talking about mysticism, that desire of the soul to become one with God. And, you know, though we've used Christian mystics as our reference today, mysticism is certainly not exclusive to Christianity. It is a vital, animating element at the heart of every religion. Here is Elizabeth Clare Prophet with more on mysticism. Today, I will explore with you the world of the Christian mystics. The mystics are those who seek a direct experience of the presence of God. They yearn to know God, to see God, and to be one with God now. There have always been mystics, and they have always plumbed the depths and scaled the heights of the soul's potential. The mystics are psychologists, students of the soul intent on their spiritual quest. Their lives and teachings are a road map that leads scientifically to the summit of being. Thomas Merton wrote, the spiritual anguish of man has no cure but mysticism. Mysticism is not exclusive to Christianity. It is the vital animating element at the heart of every religion. The aspiration of every mystic is one and the same, union with God. He does not postpone it because he cannot. The 16th century saint and mystic, Teresa of Avila, wrote in her autobiography, I am oblivious of everything in that anxious longing to see God. That desert and solitude seem to the soul better than all the companionship of the world. Those who long to know and see God are tapping into the soul's ever-present knowledge of the higher self and the higher calling. Although the outer mind may not have a clue, our soul knows at subconscious levels that she is meant to be reunited with her Lord. Lifetime after lifetime, this soul knowledge has impelled us to the feet of our teachers, some true, some false. We have drunk from the communion cups of the world's religions, and we have savored something of the essence, the Lord's essence from each one. God releases new religions in order to give his children a new awareness of himself. We cannot assimilate God all at once, just as we don't eat the food of a lifetime in a day, but portion by portion, so we assimilate God, crumb, by crumb. There are specific periods of time called ages in which a civilization, a continent, or an entire planet is destined to assimilate a certain attribute of God. The opening of these epochs is accompanied by the birth 
of an avatar, a God-man, who embodies the word as it applies to the dispensation he inaugurates. The length of an age is approximately 2,150 years. It is based on the precession of the equinoxes, the slow backward rotation of the earth around its polar axis, during which the point of the spring equinox recedes through the signs of the zodiac. The equinox point takes about 2,150 years to go through 30 degrees of the zodiac or one astrological sign. So, about 4,000 years ago, we entered the age of Aries. About 2,000 years ago, we entered the age of Pisces. And today, we are entering the age of Aquarius. Each 2,150-year period marks a dispensation of light from the great central sun that gives to Earth's evolutions a new awareness of God's presence. I see the dispensation of Aries as bringing the awareness of God, the Father, the Lawgiver, and as the embodiment of universal law itself. This age was characterized by God's direct communion with Moses and God's gift to all generations of his name, I am that I am, whereby they too could walk and talk with God. Moses showed us that it was the divine right of every son and daughter of God to walk and talk with the indwelling presence, the great I am. The condition, obey my commandments. In the Aryan age, we also note the monotheism of the Egyptian pharaoh Ikhnaten. A century before Moses, he attained mystical union with God through his meditation on the sun and on the sun behind the sun. Ikhnaten called God Aton. The symbol for Aton was the sun with diverging rays ending in hands. This symbolized that man is the hand of God in action and that as the sun and its rays are one, so there is no separation between creator and creation. Ikhnaten means he who serves, Aton. The Pharaoh believed that he was a son of Aton. He truly knew himself as the light emanation of the one God. The age of Pisces brought the awareness of God as the sun, revealed to us in the universal Christ, personified in the Christ, Jesus. Jesus came to show us how to walk the path of personal Christhood so that we could realize the Son of God within ourselves. The condition, love me and keep my commandments. Jeremiah prophesied the full revelation of the Son of God who should appear in the age of Pisces. He saw the Son as the Lord, our righteousness. In the 20th century, St. Germain unveiled the Son as the personal or inner Christ. We address this inner Christ as our beloved, holy Christ self. Knowledge of the Son of God as our true self or higher self brings us that much closer to the Lord, 
I am that I am. The dawning age of Aquarius brings us the awareness of God as the Holy Spirit and as the Divine Mother. In this age, the Divine Feminine is exalted in male and female as the sacred fire that rises on the altar of our chakras. I decree in the name Jesus Christ that in this age your soul will be liberated through your devotion to your mighty I Am Presence and your beloved Holy Christ Self. I decree that she will don the wedding garment for her fusion with the Divine Mother and the Holy Spirit. The condition you must fulfill is self-transcendence through Divine Love. Thus the unfoldment of God's identity within you and your identification with it is progressive through the cosmic cycles. This unfoldment culminates in your direct experience of God, followed by your union with God. This is the goal of all of your past incarnations and the goal of your life today. I would like to remind you that we do not leave behind the previous ages, but we build upon their foundations. Knowledge of the Ascended Master's teachings is no excuse to set aside the Ten Commandments or the teachings of Jesus Christ or the great truths that come down to us through the Vedas and the Upanishads and all of the teachings of the avatars of the major world religions. We have this communion with our I Am Presence because we have built stone upon stone our pyramid and now we have come to that age and hour when we ourselves must place the spiritual capstone on our personal pyramid. Through each of the world's major religions, God has revealed to your soul another side or image of himself. Your soul is the mirror of God. If you allow your soul to mirror the astral plane or discordant images, then there is no room in the mirror for God. If you polish the soul and polish the mirror of the soul and direct that mirror through attention to God, then you will always be able to look in the mirror of your soul and see God. That is the first experience of seeing God face to face first in the mirror of your soul and then directly when he chooses to appear to you. There, uh, just as we listen, I think our, our goal and our path is self-transcendence through divine love and our soul is the mirror of God. That's very, very, yeah, very, very large, teaching. but yeah, very sweet teaching. Yeah. Well, we'll listen to more of this um, wonderful, fascinating lecture on mysticism in just a moment. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. 
Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to the Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Your soul is the mirror of God. What an amazing statement that is. It just... Um, well, and, and, and Sid, you said you've got to have that mirror within in order to be able, <laughs> be able to see God. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Well, yeah. I think that the... the what Mrs. Prophet said also was that you can only see yourself as you see God. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to follow the spiritual path. Anyway, let us stop talking. Let her continue. Here she is. So when God reveals a new image or attribute of himself through a world religion, he also reveals in the mirror of your soul a new image or attribute of yourself. You can only see yourself as you see God. There is no other model for your spiritual being. So you must see and know God in these dispensations and then become that God by mirroring him until finally you are that God in manifestation. This is a fundamental principle of your path of mysticism. So when you become one with this new image of God and of yourself, you learn a new way of communing with God. A new image is like a new language, a new mode of expression, as though suddenly you just discovered love, or you just discovered truth. All of a sudden, a whole new world opens to you. 
You understand more of God and so you can be more of God. Thereby you learn a new way of attaining union with God. In each age, God has also given us one or more new names whereby we may invoke that image and by reflection make it our own. Yesterday I gave you ten new names for God, the Spherot and Ain Sof, and other names that come to us in the great tradition of Judaism. These names are keys. As you pour devotion to God through that name, it's like you have now a different shaped cookie cutter to add to your collection when making Christmas cookies. And so the cookies are going to come out a different shape. And so the light that pours to you through that sphera, that particular one, is going to be a unique vibration. And you will come to the place where you may intone the names of the spherot and you can say that you can tell what is the distinct and separate vibration of God among ten vibrations that you are receiving through that particular name. Knowledge of the name of God is empowerment. God has empowered his people through many ages. And by that, we have learned to expand the flowers of our chakras. Each time we invoke God by a new name, we access a portion of God's self that was previously beyond our reach. We assume that the names of the ascended masters and the names of the Elohim are their names. What they are is the portion of their being that they can offer to us. What percentage of El Moria or Saint Germain or Kuthumi we receive depends on the great law. So the masters release a name for a dispensation and for a people and we call to them by that name. And when we say that name in the name of our mighty I am presence, we automatically access from the master the light of God that that name is a chalice for and no more. So the names we have of the Elohim allow us to access only a portion of their power for we are not yet at the level where we can receive a greater portion. So the names of God are precious and you would do well to have a notebook of those names. They will not do you much good if you do not understand their meaning or the tradition out of which they came or the nature of devotion of the people who use the name. But when you truly and profoundly understand the name and that facet of God, you will find that you can put on and become that facet of God. This is why the religion of Hinduism teaches us that we should select the path of yoga or the spiritual master or one of the manifestations of God that is unique to ourselves. It doesn't matter what God or what guru or what avatar says Hinduism, just select the one that you need the most, that you can love the most, that you can have interchange with the most, and thereby you will grow the most. So we all need different facets of God. There are some facets of God that are a mandate for any of us. Those facets have to do with our obedience to cosmic law and the will of God as El Moria represents it. El Moria is our sponsor because he needs to bring us to the place of discipleship or chilaship where we are ready to be received 
as chilas or disciples of other of the masters of the hierarchy. So El Moria is training us all the time, and he is the chief guru at Maitreya's Mystery School. So the name of God is the key to his heart, to his mind, to his spirit, and to that state of consciousness we are destined to mirror and to become. Well, it's one thing to talk about mysticism, but if you don't know what a mystic looks like or talks like or lives like, then how are you going to recognize him or follow him? We need examples to show us the way. Who are the best examples? Why, the ascended masters, of course. They are the star-studded mystics of all time. They are the saints and adepts who made their way to God as devotees of the world's major religions. They are called ascended masters because one, they attained God realization. They realized that God was where they were and in them and that they were a vessel for God and that the contents of the vessel is not separate from the vessel. And therefore they were not satisfied to be mere reflections of God. They were God in manifestation in their fullness of portion. Two, they mastered time and space and circumstance, that is, they balanced their negative karma. And three, they ascended into the white light of the I am presence and became forever one with that presence. In other words, they achieved ultimate union with God. We will trace the trials and the triumphs of ascended masters what they experienced when they were on earth. For they are our immortal gurus. They are our friends and teachers of the ages. They have walked with us through the centuries on the historical paths of mysticism. What you must remember as we study the mystical paths of the world's religions is that mysticism is not merely a belief or a philosophy. Mysticism is an experience that transforms the soul. And if you aren't transformed, you haven't had the experience. And when your soul is fully transformed, you and God are no longer two, but one. The 15th century mystic, Saint Catherine of Genoa, experienced the oneness as submersion in the ocean of God's love. She said, My being is God, not by simple participation, but by a true transformation of my being. I am so placed and submerged in his immense love that I seem as though immersed in the sea and nowhere able to touch, see, or feel aught but water. My me is God, nor do I recognize any other me except my God himself. As we shall see, the mystical path is a spiritual journey into the heart of God's love. But the mystic knows that in order to be completely bonded to God's heart, he must transcend the lesser self. Thus the path of the mystic is a path of challenge as well as a path of joy. It is the challenge of working through karma that separates you from God and then going beyond the pain to the bliss of encountering your Lord face to face. 
As you know, El Moria is a great mystic, and throughout his many embodiments, he has made a steadfast devotion to the will of God. He has given to us his chilas, a certain formula that is so profound and so powerful, yet so simple, that I think we tend to overlook it. Therefore, I'm going to invite you to give with me now the heart, head, and hand decrees as I explain to you the steps and stages of your union with God in them. Decree 1.30. They are the first decrees in your heart, head, and hand booklet because they are the very first decrees that should come into your heart when you awaken. It is easy to forget these decrees, especially if you've given them for many years, and then tend not to give them. The first stage of violet fire is soul purging and purification. It is soul fasting. Through the head, the heart, and the hand, this takes in the heart chakra that so needs to become one with the sacred heart of Jesus. It takes in, in the head, the third eye and the crown, and the throat chakra. And then, one of the secret ray chakras that are in the hands. As you accept the violet flame as God and God's emanation of himself and his name I am, and as you give this, so freely feeling your soul's absorption of God, you can become in a matter of moments, like the lower yud, the lower yud or the one half of that manifestation of God that forms the complete circle by uniting with the higher yud. There's a part of you that is God, it is the seed of light. Your presence is above you. The only thing that separates you from union with that presence is doubt and fear, psychological blocks, negative karma. But these things can be set aside for our moments of meditation, and we can experience that union and then go out more determined than ever to remove the blocks that keep us from 24-hour oneness in God. Let's take a short break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. 
Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are indeed back. Um, I'm here today with... uh, Terry Kennedy and Sid Bennett, and we're talking about mysticism, reunion with the heart of God, which we talk about quite often here, but we don't seldom, we, we, we don't often use the, the term mysticism. So today we've been listening to excerpts from a lecture by uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the roots of Christian mysticism. And I think that one of the things I want to make sure is clear is that the, today's program on mysticism is really a, a program on freedom. This is soul liberation. We're talking about self-transcendence through divine love having our souls be the mirror of God. There's so much here. And this is something that pertains to all of us who are on the spiritual path. You know, I, I think it, it really ties into a, a true humility before God. Because if you have, if we have elements in pride of pride in us, then we can't be that instrument of pure love. And, you know, pride can be very subtle. And, of course, Lucifer fell on the line of pride. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful. And that's where... Sometimes people get into trouble, as I mentioned before, well, they'll try and storm heaven. You know, I deserve this one-on-one communion with God. And, of course, (laughs) if they take that attitude, then they end up having a one-on-one communion with a much lesser spirit, to put it mildly. (laughs) Uh, An imposter, because there are imposters of God, just as there are imposters of the ascended masters. So this is a path of love. And a Christian mystic must have intense and powerful love and humility before God. And I think in order to be that vehicle for that light to hold the light and acknowledge that God is the doer. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's so important on our path that we acknowledge that God in us is the thing that does it. We're not trying our, to have our human consciousness have an interaction with God. It's our soul and that purity and that light and love. And so that's where people get into trouble is if they stay at the human level and if there's an ounce of pride in there that they're going to make God come around to their way of thinking, uh, so to speak, then you have to be very careful about that. 
you have to be careful to have a lot of discernment. Um, one of the uh, quotes I recall from the first segment that we heard from Mrs. Prophet was that on our soul's long journey, we have drunk from the cups of many different religions. Yeah, isn't that you know, interesting? And then lifetime after lifetime, we've come back to the feet of the ascended masters. Well, you know, the, the masters <laughs> teach that for some people to learn one new idea in a lifetime is progress. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you can see why we need many different religions and different ways and so forth. And um, God is so merciful in the opportunity he gives us to learn. Well, do you remember what she said about the ages and how each age we learned a new attribute of God? Right. The age of Aries, it was the father principle, you know, Abraham, Moses, I am that I am. And that one of the key components of that discussion was that the name of God is the key to his heart. Yeah, wasn't it's that amazing? Yeah, it's just a wonderful thing. And, and, that, and that an avatar... Well, a, a particular soul will come in and actually usher in a whole uh, yeah. period of, uh, what is it, 2,150 years. Right. And uh, so that's very interesting. I mean, it's not that you just have an age and then all of a sudden an avatar happens to be born. It's the avatar that initiates the age. Well, and it's the accumulation of that energy seeking that reunion with God that we need keys, alchemical keys, to make that awareness happen in us. And, and that avatar actually may, may create a, a brand new path up a mountain. I mean, you've got all these paths that go up the mountain. You've got the mountain peak, which is your ascension, which you're looking for in reunion with God. But you've got the eastern slope and the western slope and south and north. But, but you know what? The, the, the common thread in all these is love. Is love. Divine and, love. You know, I'm reading a book right now. I, I picked it up on uh, God and the afterlife. And it's about near-death experiences that people have encountering God. And it's very interesting. Most of the time, God comes, and they're sure it's God, you know. Of course, they perhaps don't have a knowledge of the masters and so forth and the angels. But uh, the message is the same almost every time. Mm -hmm. We're here to Mm -hmm. learn the lessons of love. It's so simple and yet so profound. We look for something more complicated. You know, you know, I have to wear a hair shirt or I have to do, you know, <laughs> prayers on my knees or yeah, all these things, right. which sometimes you do need to do that. But but it's this love is the key. And again, it sounds we say it so often it loses meaning. Yeah. But it's the presence of God and that that manifestation of love in your heart every single day that will be that magnet and allow that figure eight flow between you and God. And, you know, it's these are the tough tests. Love is the toughest test on this planet. Well, the development of love is definitely key, and when we think about mysticism in the context of various different religions, we also think about soul development, and one of the things we wanted to kind of convey today was that in, we have spoken, again, of the context of Christian mysticism, but the fact is that this is at the heart of all major religions, so I wanted to kind of run this down very quickly, that um, starting with the first ray of God's power, Judaism facilitates our soul development on the first ray of God's power through the throat chakra. You want to take the next one? Yes, I will. Uh, Buddhism fac- facilitates our soul development on the second ray of God's wisdom through the crown chakra. Yeah. Christianity facilitates our soul development on the third ray of God's love through the heart chakra. Yeah, again, you were talking about love. You know, We're talking about Christian mysticism. Here's one of the yeah. aspects of that is that. Hinduism facilitates our soul development on the fourth ray of God's purity through the base of the spine chakra. Confucianism facilitates our soul development on the fifth ray of science, healing, and truth through the third eye chakra. Mm -hmm. Islam facilitates our soul development on the sixth ray of ministration and service through the solar plexus chakra. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. (laughs) So much today in today's news about Islam. Yeah. And Taoism facilitates our soul development on the seventh ray of God's freedom 
through the seat of the soul chakra. So I wanted to kind of lay those out there. And there's you another one. one. Well, Zoroastrianism, of course, facilitates our soul development on the eighth ray through the secret chamber of the heart. Yeah. Kind of coming back to the heart again. Yeah, I didn't mean to leave it out. I was thinking more about the ones that people are more familiar with, just the mystical paths of the world's religions as seen from a mystical concept and from a mystical perspective. Yeah. You know, can I say something now? You know, the Zoroasters, sure. and there are some left in Iran, mm-hmm. and they are being persecuted today. And this is a, a you know, a, a, a movement that's sponsored by the Ascended Masters. It was a dispensation from God. And, of course, we know the Christians are being brutally persecuted in the Middle East right now. So when you say your prayers at night, say the prayers for the light bearers in the Middle East yeah. because um, they are going through, like many places, an intense period of initiation. And I have to say, I read some of these Christian uh, blogs and so forth and, and websites on what the persecution is, and, and I am humbled by the devotion and love of some of these people and what they've been through. And uh, I, I really want to say that let's give them our prayers and our decrees. Indeed, because they are putting their lives on the line. Indeed. So it's a very dark place. I mean, that's where Jesus embodied, and so he brought... Because it was the darkest place on the planet. That's exactly right. Well, from the standpoint of the program's focus today, you know, that is mysticism. What can we say about mysticism that will give people hope? That will give them a, a sense of the rightness of this path, the joy of the path, the ultimate goal of the path being reunion with God. I mean, I think that it's simple, that we are becoming God. Well, it's an answer to your question, where can you go to find things holy? Yeah. So if you, if you determine to become a mystic, and you may not know all the ins and outs of it, just, just make an affirmation, oh God, I want to become a mystic, show me the way. Well, and we remember too that in their desire to be there, there's no point C, there's point A to point B. Right. No, no detours, no diversions, no, no <laughs> firewall, it's all. And, and it's, it's a step on your ascension, closer mm-hmm. to your ascension, becoming, putting on your Christ self and walking the earth as your Christ self, as other, other people have done. I'll tell you real quickly, you know, this, this near-death experience, look, you get over there, and people, of course, are bliss in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God say to, they says to another, you have to go back. Oh, no, I'm not going back. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. So if you want to not have to go back, this is the path. And, and not as an escape. But to be who you are meant to be, to become who you are meant to become, which is oneness with God. And, you know, uh, a thought occurs to me. You can test yourself a little bit. So the next time somebody cuts you off in traffic, (laughs) rather than doing what you may have done in the past, find yourself saying, well, God bless that soul who is searching to find his God. There's a different way to express it's oneness. A, it's, <laughs> and deliver him, deliver him from that momentum of cutting me off in traffic. I know, I know. But, you know, you can really ref- look at yourself. That's that whole mirror thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. how did I react to this person? Well, and, and this opens a huge door here. We can't yeah. really go down this hallway too far. But <laughs> the whole concept of opportunity that every moment that we're conscious, we're given opportunities, we're giving tests, we're giving trials, challenges, whatever you want to call them, to come up higher. Yeah, And, and they come through ordinary events. They, exactly. Now, my point was that you <laughs> never know if an ant be your teacher, heed him, as yeah. the Buddhists say, or the Hindus say. Yeah. Well, anyway, th- this has been a great show. Um, again, as I said at the beginning, we've always wanted to do a show on mysticism, and we'll probably do another one here because I think this we've barely tapped this great resource. But the thing that we want to make sure is stressed very clearly is that as we say in our opening every show, we wish you to give, be given the opportunity to awaken to the light within. And that's all about this journey without distance. The light within is your I am presence, your Holy Christ self, 
This is the part of you that you want to reunite with, to merge with, to become one with. That's right. Amen, brother. Yeah. And my statement is, Oh yes. if you want to get in touch with us, we are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and I'm going directly after this program, after lunch, to answer one of those. Indeed. Yes, please write us and express your oneness with us. Yes. <laughs> that would be very nice. And as we also like to say, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. God bless you, everyone. See you again next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.